In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who does not hold us to His righteous and perfect laws, but rather comes to us to set us free so that we can live out the wisdom of those laws. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, welcome to our new series. Our new series is all about hard hearts. And what we're going to do today is we're going to start talking about one of those kinds of ways that we harden our hearts to who God is. And so we're going to be doing that in the Gospel of Mark. If you want to follow along in the Celebrate insert, you can. My translation is going to be a little bit different than yours, um, but that's okay. You can probably figure it out. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to start off and we're going to take a look at, um, today what we're talking about is legalism. Um, and, And what legalism is, is basically that you stress out over what the laws are, but you don't necessarily think about what is behind the law, what the wisdom is behind that law that actually made it a law in the first place. And we're going to see how Jesus finds that in these Pharisees that come up to him. And so these Pharisees come up to him and and they say... um, They want to test him. They want to get him in kind of a legal loophole here where he really can't get out one way or the other. And uh, we start off in uh, where he says, And Pharisees came up in order to test him and said, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And so the Pharisees are excellent examples of legalists. They're the kind of people that turn into lawyers. Sorry, Adam. Um, They're the kind of people that they understand the laws so well that they can understand how to get around them, how to circumvent them, where to find the loopholes, and all of that good stuff. And they actually figure out a question that they can ask Jesus that no matter how he answers, he's going to look bad to one group or another. And so they say, okay, can somebody get divorced? And they know that if Jesus says, yes, of course they can get divorced, then he's going to look like, oh, he's just that radical, liberal rabbi. And if he says, well, no, they can't get divorced, then they can say, well, look at what kind of a stick in the mud this rabbi is. And so they they know that this question right away can trip him up. But Jesus comes back at him with a question before he actually answers them. Uh, and, And so he says, he answered them, what did Moses command you? And they said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Well, one of the things that you find out about legalists is they oftentimes, well, they sort of put stuff together that's maybe not all the way correct. And so what they're saying here is sort of partially true. It's sort of a summation of what Moses has to say about divorce in Deuteronomy 24. And so since we're taking a look at all of these laws, let's look at Deuteronomy 24 if you've got a Bible. Um, And I will get there in just a moment here. So Deuteronomy 24, starting verse 1. 
When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, the latter man hates her, and the latter man hates her, and writes her a certificate of, of divorce, that's twice now, poor girl, and puts it in her hand and sends her out of the house, or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring, bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. Now that is not exactly the same as what they say. Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Is it? But that is how they've interpreted this. What Deuteronomy 24 is all about is it's a question of when this happens. When this happens, what are the rules? What is the wisdom that we can put around this situation when it happens? And that's Moses' command. But what the Pharisees have done here is they have taken something that isn't actually a command and they've turned it into a command. It's sort of like when a lot of us read the Old Testament, we find some disturbing things in there. We find disturbing things like men who have several wives. And we go, what is up with that? Does that mean that we should have many wives? Well, our culture has said no. Our laws even say no. But in the Bible, there are people that are actually heroes in this Bible that have several wives. In fact, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, is said in here to have had 300 wives. Which really makes me wonder how wise he was. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just asking for trouble, it sounds like. But you kind of go, what? what? Okay, and, and then there's other places. If you read the book of Ezra, and you look at the book of Ezra legitimately from a point of view that is not biased one way or the other, you go, man, Ezra looks like he's kind of a racist. And you kind of say, well, what is going on? What you have happening in the Bible in the Old Testament is the same thing that you have happening in the Bible in the New Testament. And that is that God is dealing with people who sin. And people may find different ways that are culturally acceptable for them to sin, but people will always sin. And just because God deals with that sin does not necessarily mean that God allows that sin and that it doesn't that it isn't a sin and that it is a good idea. You see, whenever you look at all of those polygamists throughout the Bible, when you look at their family systems, you go, wow, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe what's being communicated to me when these people have all of these wives and these wives are jealous with one another and they are fighting back and forth, maybe that's actually telling me this is an example of something that I shouldn't do. Or maybe when you run across those 
portions where things look like they're racist in the Bible. Or maybe those portions of the Bible where there is slavery. If you really look at the deeper structure of what's going on there, it's showing you this is not good. But God still deals with people that are not good. And so Jesus explains that to these Pharisees, saying, you've made a command out of something that isn't a command. Let me show you how this actually works out. And and Jesus said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And what Jesus is showing them is this. He says, it's because of the hardness of your heart. It's because of the sinful desires of your heart. It's because you live in a broken world that divorce happens. That hardness of heart is what causes divorces most, most often times. That one or the other or both people in that relationship begin to harden themselves against the other. And so Jesus says in order to work this out in the legal system in Israel, what they had to do was Moses had to write you this commandment. But let me tell you what the wisdom is behind it. The wisdom is that God created you to live together and not be divorced. To help one another, to love one another. That that is what God wanted for you. But your hearts get hard and divorce happens. But we get all wrapped up in the legals. And is this okay? Is it okay that I'm divorced? Some of you in this room are. Some of you have parents who are. And you come to Jesus and you kind of are like a Pharisee. Asking Jesus, is it okay that my mom and dad is divorced? Is it okay that I'm divorced? And Jesus tells you, Very point blank. No. It is not okay. That is not my plan. But I'm going to deal with you. And if you are divorced, it doesn't mean that I stop loving you. It doesn't mean that I don't forgive you anymore. It just means that you're living in a broken world. And things in a broken world are broken. But the disciples are still kind of stuck on this legal thing. And they come up to him later on and they're like, Hey Jesus, you really gave it to him." <laughs> but, um, we've got a question. And so they asked him about, again about this matter, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And it's at that moment that you probably figure out how much of a legalist you are. Because it's at that moment where you probably are most likely to go, What? Jesus, come on! 
You're not even going along with Moses anymore. Moses' commandment had all of these different stipulations and rules, but you're being a whole lot more stringent here. You're saying if somebody gets divorced and they marry somebody else, that that's adultery? Jesus, for real. But what Jesus is saying there is that, look, just because that happens, and just because that's legal, and just because all of the right things are put in place there, it doesn't mean that you get to say, I'm okay. I've never committed adultery. If any of you think you can say that, you're probably wrong. But that adultery one, that one really sticks. It's really tough. It really hurts. Especially when it's coming from Jesus. And it's about something that maybe you couldn't even control. But the reality is that nobody in here, single, married, or divorced, can say, I'm not an adulterer. Nobody here can say, I get off on this law. This one doesn't apply to me. Thankfully, Jesus shows how he responds to you in the next little interlude. And so the disciples get legalistic again, and they were and people were bringing children to him that he might touch them, Jesus might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them because they're legalists. What are you doing bothering the man? He's here to talk to Pharisees and lawyer types, not kids. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall never enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. And the interesting thing here is that so many of you, when you read that, you read it through this sort of sense of legalism. It's sort of the nicer, prettier sense of legalism. You go, oh, he's talking to kids. Kids are so innocent. But are they? Are kids innocent? Is that why Jesus likes kids? Is it because they're never selfish? Oh, children would never be selfish. They'd never be whiny. No, children would never do that. Children would never try to put themselves before God. No, never. No. Children, just like adults, are sinful. But the difference with these kids is that they're being brought to the one who can fix them. They're being brought to the one who put all the rules together, who put this perfect vision of what humanity is going to be like together. And they are being blessed by Him. Set right by Him. You see... When we get that legalism stuck in our hearts, it turns our hearts hard. And the only way for us to soften them up again 
is to bring them to His cross. And to realize that He didn't harden His heart against us. But just like those little children that were brought before Him that had no business being there. Just like you have no business coming to Him and asking for forgiveness. That when you bring it to His cross, He reaches out and He blesses you and softens your heart once again so that you can go out into a world not with stupid little laws, but with the heart of the One who put the wisdom in those laws.